For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station. The place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in third and final hour of the program this morning. And by the way, Brian Thomas will have you next at 9 a.m. Uh, but uh, right now, let's go to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Yes, this has nothing to do with uh, what you're talking about. But you know the Wellman statue downtown in front of the city hall? Mm-hmm. You take a look at the belt buckle. It's backwards. The, <laughs> the belt buckle on the Wellman statue is backward? Yeah. <laughs> it would... It's, it would if you pulled on it, it would pull out. Is there do, is there a reason why? Do you know why it I might be know. backward? I don't know. Maybe when they molded it, but you take a look at it, and anybody who's uh, curious about it, take a look at the belt buckle. All right, I'll have to do that. Maybe maybe <laughs> okay, but- maybe whalemen have to wear their belts backward. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the whales might grab at them and, and pull their pants down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they would pull the pants. And yeah, yeah, that's right. They would pull the belt. Then, you'll re- belt. then if, if those pants fall down, then you'll really know why they call them the whalemen. <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay. Right. Have a good day. All right. 508-996. Glad that, uh, I mean, I never like to have to. Say goodbye to a caller, but I'm glad that call ended before I got myself in even more trouble. 508-996-0500. Maybe you know why that might be the case. I, I've never noticed it. I'll have to go down and check it out, but uh, maybe there's a reason why that that would be backward. Uh, I mean, I've, I've certainly worn pants backwards before, sweatpants by accident, or pajama pants, but never, never, uh, never my whaling pants. Um, and my whaling belt is always facing in the right direction. But uh, maybe you know more about that than I do. Uh, also, you can send me an app chat message maybe as well on the WBSM app. I had mentioned, and certainly we can continue talking about the New Bedford Light Report on the declining graduation rate at New Bedford High School, the chronic absenteeism at New Bedford High School. Uh, looking at the numbers being from 2021 and 2022, because in 2020... We were told the graduation rate was at 80%, over 80%. And I think it was in the high 80s, if I remember correctly. But you have this high graduation rate that's now declining. And the, uh, the reason behind that is because of chronic absenteeism. And I had mentioned 18 absences, which is what they're defining as chronic absenteeism, doesn't seem that chronic to me. At a time when there was a lot of illness going around, when there were mental health issues going around, you know, what's the graduation rate going to be this year? Or what's the graduation rate going to be in 
2025 when you'll have high school kids that didn't have a pandemic affecting their high school career, right? That should work out. 20, 2025 should be the last year. Well, the first year that kids weren't in high school when this happened. Or 20, uh, uh, math. Math is not my strong suit, as you will learn. But the there were a lot of factors that play into that that I think might be part of the reason why those numbers might be high. And that... Perhaps it won't be that many, you know, it won't be 70% chronic absenteeism. But is that bar too high? Is 18, well, or too low to count as chronic absenteeism, is 18 an unfair number for a kid to miss if they might have, you know, come down with the coronavirus, come down with the flu, come down with some of the other illnesses that were going around, maybe having some mental health struggles coming back from the pandemic? So is that too many days with all of that going on? And again, it doesn't differentiate between excused and unexcused. It's just saying 18 days is chronically absent. Some people think missing any day of school is too much. I mean, I went to school pretty much every day. I don't think I had perfect attendance. I don't think I ever got a perfect attendance award. I did it at my job, which I thought was ridiculous. The, the last job I had before I came and worked here full time, my, my cooking job that I had in a corporate cooking environment for five years, they would give you, I think it was, I don't remember if it was every quarter or every six months, I think it was every six months, they would give you a perfect attendance award if you showed up to work every day. And an extra $25 in your paycheck. And I was like, why do you have to give me an award for doing what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to show up to work. Like you have that many problems that you're going to give me $25 and a, and a certificate for, for going to work every day? And like that doesn't mean that you didn't arrange to take a day off and, and have a cut. That just meant like you didn't call in. And I, th- I thought it was a little bit strange, and at first I was weirded out by it, but then I just started turning it into a joke. So as far as I'm concerned, I was an award-winning cook. <laughs> so if I put that on my resume, just know that award was perfect attendance. It didn't mean I was actually good at the job, um, although people thought that I was pretty good at it. So a lot of folks still tell me that my omelets were the best they ever had, my hollandaise sauce certainly the best that they ever had, my home fries the best they've ever had. So I, I took a lot of pride in, you know, doing a good job with stuff, even though I hated every minute of doing the job. 508-996-0500. So we can continue talking about the chronic absenteeism. But one thing that um, I wanted to bring up is Barry has an article up at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app where he takes a look back at a radio station you might not have thought about in a while, but the former 100.3 WKKB. That was a station that was here in this building that was part of our company at the time. We were a different company. We weren't Town Square Media. But this was a station that played, uh, as Michael Rock put it to me yesterday, the best classic rock, the best new rock. That was kind of their tagline. And KKB rocks. That's, that's how they marketed the station. That was the slogan. 
And it was a station where he was, I remember when the station started, he was the morning show host. Eventually they brought on Howard Stern, so he shifted to middays. But there were a lot of talent from the area that you might be familiar with. So Michael Rock, of course, was there. Then also joining him was Larry Soares, who you probably heard on Fun 107 in the past. And he's still on the radio now. And he's a local stand-up comedian. A lot of folks know Larry. So he was there. Mike Branger 40, who went from KKB, and I don't know if it was directly right after, but um, he eventually went on to go work at the Providence Rock Station, WHJY. And he worked with one of my radio idols, Jeff Charles. And, of course, we had Brian the Pharmacist, who you might not have known is Brian Mulhern, who went on to a lot of success at the country station and was recently let go from there and has a new project that he's working on, which is very exciting. He He's uh, come here and hung out with us. He's someone who I think a lot of folks remember his name as Brian Mulhern. They might not remember that he was Brian the Pharmacist. And he was on, I think, in the afternoons. I think Branger 40 was on Afternoon Drive. I don't know. I don't remember. My memory is hazy. But I was working here. Well, not working here, but I was here doing the locker room when that station launched. And I was so excited for it. Actually, I think it launched before I started here. Because I won, as I've mentioned before, I won tickets to see the Rolling Stones from that station. And it was not long after it started. And I don't think I was already here at the time or else I would have, even though I wasn't a, an employee, I would have felt like I was ineligible to win. So it must have been pre me coming into the locker room. So pre, I don't know when that started, mid-2002. I know it was after the Patriots season. So that station, people will think, well, it was only on for a little while, for a couple of years, and then it disappeared, so it must not have been successful, right? It was very successful. The reason why it had to go away, and Barry writes about this in the article, and you can read it more in depth, but they basically said that we had too many stations. At the time, some of the rules and, and, and regulations from the FCC, we had to sell off one of the stations. And so that was the one that went. But it wasn't for a lack of success. It was actually very successful. And I used to listen to it all the time. Not in the morning, not during Howard Stern, because when I was working, cooking in the kitchen, we didn't want to listen to, to talk the only time that I would listen to talk is in the very early morning when I first got there, I would listen to Coast to Coast AM. But, you know, by the time the other cook came in, we would have music on to keep us, you know, kind of in rhythm during the day. But other than that, we would listen to KKB because, first of all, it was local, so it, it felt different. And also, it, the signal came in great. But I think a lot of folks probably forgot about it. So Barry has an article up at WBSM.com and on the app looking back at KKB. And if you want to call in with any KKB memories, you certainly can. 
maybe at some point we can get a little reunion going. Uh, that's one thing that I, I wanted to do sometime this year is I wanted to have a reunion of all of the, or as many people as we could get to take part of the South Coast 24-7 website, which those of you who are my age and a little bit older, a little bit younger, you probably remember that as being the website to go to to learn about what shows are happening in New Bedford, what bands are playing where, what cultural events are happening, what restaurants to go to. I mean, that was the place for the young people of that era to plan their entire week. And that lasted a few years and then disappeared. And same thing with KKB. It's amazing to think about what, how different that the South Coast was back then in a pre-social media time. Very interesting. So we can uh, get your thoughts and, and your feelings on that if you have any that you want to share. I find it to be fun to go back and look at like the Internet Archive, the Wayback Machine, and check out the way those sites looked. If you go back and you look at the SouthCoast247.com layout or the KKBRocks.com layout and you look at those, you just say, wow, how 2003, 2004 were those websites? But at the time, those were very cutting edge to have all of the features that they had on them. But I look at it now, I'm like, and I was kind of joking around yesterday with Michael Rock as we were looking at the site. I was like, this, this kind of looks like a, this reminds me of like a GeoCity site. And, and, and it really wasn't that far off because that's, that was the limitations of websites back then. That's what they looked like. You know, the KKB website, when it launched, you're like, wow, look at all the features this has. But you look back at it now and you say, did a fourth grader build that? <laughs> just because of the technology advances, not because of it looking elementary. We just had elementary technology back then for, for this kind of stuff. And I still find if I still find old Angel Fire sites and GeoCity sites and all those other ones where, you know, you go on the website and a MIDI song starts playing. I had a website for a while when I first learned how to make one and, and, it didn't have anything on it. It was it was probably a prototype of a blog where I would just like put different things that I thought and I would try to change it every day when I went down to the UMass Computer Lab so that people could go to it every day and have something different there and I would have a different MIDI song that would play but normally it would be the Indiana Jones theme. Why? Who knows? Because it was like the only one that I could find the MIDI file for. What what a What a difference it <laughs> we've come across since then. Uh, let's take a quick phone call here before you have to take a break. You're on WBSM. Oh, no. Okay. Well, that, they they just called in. That was odd. Maybe, um, maybe they were just anticipating the break that I was going to take, which I'm going to do right now. And welcome back in. We have a few moments before we're going to go into the newsroom with Kate Robinson. So let's take a phone call. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Yeah, hi, Tim. Good morning. Good. Uh, you were talking about good morning. Talking about all the radio stations. Yes. Okay. I got a little couple of trivia questions for you. I'll try to Quick answer. Quick one. Them. Okay. Why? What is the only radio? As you know, all the, east of the Mississippi, all the radio stations and television start with a W. Mm -hmm. And all the ones west of the Mississippi start with a K, except for one. West of the Mississippi, which would it be? Oh, gee, I'm not sure. Okay, well, you guys can think about it. 
Um, the other thing is, do you know what the WBSM call letters stand for? You know, I don't. I've been trying to find that for the longest time. Okay, well, backwards is MSBM, and the owner of it used to own Sunbeam Bread in New Bedford, the Duchesne family. Okay. And the name of the company was called My Bread, My Bread Bakery. So it's My Sunbeam Bread Workers backwards. Really? That's very interesting. And it was Paul Duchesne Sr. who owned it back in uh, when it started. Now, that's what we were told, if anybody knows different, but that's what we were told at the bakery when I worked there. So I, I had never heard that in all the years of working here and knowing about WBSM. That's fascinating. Yeah, well. It could, so uh, are, you, are, you, are you saying it could be urban legend or do you, do you believe that that's definitely the case? I believe it's true. I believe it's true, but because um, the letters don't stand for anything else, like WNBH was right. New Bedford Hotel. Right. That was New Bedford Hotel when they first started. Um, you know, like PLM, they try to get, you know, you try to get obviously where you're at and what you're doing. Right. I mean, not everybody yeah. did. You know, in reading Donna Halpern's book about Boston Radio, she she talks about how, you know, Donna Halpern, rather, she talks about how, um, you know, sometimes people just took the call letters that they were assigned, and I thought that that might right. have been the case for BSM. It was just the assigned call letters. But I like I like your theory. I like your 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 reason behind it. Well, the name of the the name of the company was My Bread Baking Company, and they were they had the you know the franchise to make sunbeam bread mm -hmm. and so it's my sunbeam bread workers backwards well now i feel uh i feel full of carbs now after hearing that yeah, they were <laughs> they were originally on on the bridge there mm -hmm. um, near whirly bedding yep and then it was Where downtown new bedford and then it came over here right but the uh, they took down the radio towers that were in new bedford when you guys went to when they opened up in Fairhaven, and actually, we're, we're we're in the process of looking for land to move our towers. So, if you if you know anybody with a nice swath of uh, extra four acres, let me know. Oh well, if I had four, I'd sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, that's uh, and then the other the other thing for the first one I said is WACO Waco, Texas. Sure. They got, yeah, they they have um, they got special permission to. They get special permission to do uh, the W before theirs. So one of the one of the my favorite ones is. Uh, are you familiar with WGN in Chicago? Uh, the television no, station not. it got it got its call letters because it was owned by the Chicago Sun Times, which advertised itself as the world's greatest newspaper. So WGN is world's greatest newspaper well, for, for a TV go. station. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess they must they must give them call letters, and then you can like a vanity plate. You can ask for better ones. Yeah, I mean, you, so you would apply for it, and I guess you know back in the day, as long as they didn't felt like feel like it was going to compete with anything else in the market, you know, if you right. made your case, they would they would grant it to you. Right, same as a same as a vanity plate. See, okay. I I just thought it was right. WBSM because I put the BS in in WBSM. Wow. <laughs> now is this your normal show? Uh, I'm covering now for the time being. We'll we'll see what happens. I'd like it to be, but we'll oh, see what okay. happens. All right. I didn't catch it. I didn't know if everybody moved around permanent. All right. Well, enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Have a good day. And uh, let's...
take a chance now to, you know, put the, we talk about sunbeam bread. Well, who puts the sun in our bread every morning? That's, uh, that's Kate Robinson in the WBSM newsroom. I could have made a butter joke, but I didn't. <laughs> what do you mean sun in bread? Very confusing. Um... 11 Indonesian villagers have reached a confidential financial settlement with oil giant ExxonMobil. BBC News reports the villagers have been at the center of a two-decade-long legal battle over alleged human rights abuses. They say they endured torture, sexual assault, and beatings, even witnessing loved ones being shot by Indonesian soldiers contracted by ExxonMobil. ExxonMobil said it condemns such abuses. The Treasury Secretary is repeating her warning the U.S. government could run out of money as early as June 1st. Secretary Janet Yellen informed lawmakers today the agency still estimates the Treasury will likely no longer be able to satisfy all of the government's obligations if Congress doesn't raise the debt ceiling. A Democratic congressman from Virginia is raising security questions after an attack in his own office. Richard Stelling reports. Jerry Connolly wasn't there yesterday when police say a man beat an intern with a metal bat just two hours into her first day on the job. He then reportedly did the same to another staff member. Officers arrived within minutes, struggled with the suspect, and arrested him. Connolly says the man had never been to his Fairfax office before, but once made a bizarre phone call about a case. He believes the attack is a mental health issue and not politically motivated. I'm Richard Stelling. A special prosecutor has ended his four-year investigation into possible FBI misconduct in its probe of ties between Russia and Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. The report Monday from special counsel John Durham offers withering criticism of the bureau. It represents the long-awaited culmination of an investigation that Trump and allies had claimed would expose massive wrongdoing by law enforcement and intelligence officials. Instead, Durham's investigation delivered underwhelming results, ending in just one guilty plea. The federal government is stepping up to stop a surge of illegal immigration at the southern border. A Pentagon spokesman says that another 950 troops will be arriving by the end of the month, with most headed to El Paso. A public health rule called Title 42, which had been used to expedite deportations, is now expired. Parents in New York City are not happy that asylum seekers are starting to be placed at schools with the city out of shelter room. Scott Pringle reports. Well, a handful of schools in the city have started taking in migrants or are set up to do so soon. Rows of cots packed together can be seen at the gym at PS 172 in Sunset Park. And parents not thrilled. They didn't really tell the parents anything until until the kids came home and said something later on. And, it, and I feel like we should have been notified prior to that. Mayor Eric Adams says we're opening emergency shelters daily, but we're out of space. Now, the PTA co-president, Samantha Clark, she tells the New York Post the mayor is scrambling to solve a problem that is not solved by risking the safety of students. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. A Florida woman is getting the maximum penalty for the hot car death of her child. Megan Dauphin was sentenced yesterday to 30 years for aggravated manslaughter of a child. Her seven-week-old daughter died almost three years ago after Dauphin left her in the backseat of her truck for hours outside her home. Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson is now Chicago's 57th mayor. Harry Williams reports. According to the best of my ability. According to the best of my ability. Sir, you are installed. 
Johnson says he looks forward to working with all levels of government to form a stronger city. I want to make this clear. The people of Chicago are counting on us to work together, to collaborate to make their lives better every day. The new mayor acknowledged many of the challenges ahead, including public safety, poverty, and city finances. In addition to Johnson, all 50 members of the city council were also officially sworn in. I'm Perry Williams. The younger brother of Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is due in court today, facing charges of battery as well as aggravated sexual battery. 22-year-old Jackson Mahomes is accused of forcibly kissing a woman and shoving a restaurant employee earlier this year. He was arrested and released on $100,000 bond on May 3rd. Five men have been convicted of a high-profile jewelry heist in the German city of Dresden. The men stole 18th century jewels worth more than 113 million euros from a Dresden museum in 2019. They were given prison sentences of just over four years to just over six years. One defendant was acquitted. The five men, aged 24 to 29, were found guilty of breaking into the Green Vault Museum and stealing 21 pieces of antique jewelry valued at around 113.8 million euros, or 123 million U.S. dollars. And the newest model on Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue has already made quite a bit of history. Liz Warner reports. Martha Stewart, the Emmy-winning 81-year-old cooking and lifestyle maven, is featured on Sports Illustrated's cover alongside Kim Petras, Megan Fox, and Brooks Nader. Stewart modeled in her younger years before her namesake magazine and TV shows made her a household name. She's currently reaching more than 100 million fans via her multimedia empire and now adds oldest swimsuit cover model to her robust legacy. Liz Warner, NBC News Radio, New York. In sports, the Red Sox lost to the Seattle Mariners Monday 10-1. They're at it again tonight at 7-10. And the Celtics are in Game 1 with the Miami Heat Wednesday. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. We have a southwest breezy wind that's going to keep us a little bit cooler than everyone else. We're only going to see temperatures around 73 to 75 degrees with partly cloudy skies today. Overnight tonight, 48 degrees. Cold front moves through and that's going to keep us cooler tomorrow. High of 63, mostly sunny skies. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. At the moment, it is 64 degrees and partly sunny. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. And welcome back in. Uh, You know, from time to time here on the program, we will be talking with some physicians from South Coast Health about how your health matters. And today we're going to be talking about plastic surgery with our guest surgeon, Dr. Gregory Borms. Let's bring him on the air. Uh, Good morning, doctor. How are you? Oh, good morning. How are you? Doing Thanks all right. for having me on. Did I pronounce that correctly? Is it Borms? Uh, it's actually Bormus. Bormus. Okay. Well, uh, that's fine. So I mentioned that you are a surgeon, but you specialize in in plastic surgery. Correct. Correct. So I'm give a us plastic an, surgeon. Yeah, give us an idea of what that's involved because I think people hear that term and they kind of have a preconceived notion of what they think plastic surgery is all about. Right. So the uh, as a plastic surgeon, uh, I did after med school. I went to med school at Georgetown, and then I did my 
general surgery training at Rush Presbyterian St. Luke's in Chicago. And I stayed on and did, uh, that's a five-year program, and then an additional two years of plastics, just plastic surgery training. And I, I did that also at Rush Presbyterian St. Luke's in Chicago. So, uh, and I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. So to become a board-certified plastic surgeon, it's seven, six or seven years of surgical training uh, to even sit for your boards. And then you have to take an extensive exam to become a board-certified plastic surgeon. So, and that's, that's after med school. So it's, it's a long process. And so folks will think that, you know, a plastic surgeon would be dealing with people who want to, you know, change their appearance for for vanity reasons or because they don't like the way they look. Maybe they want a different, no, you know, they, they have, they see plastic surgery in the news and in the media and they think that that's what it is, but it actually encompasses a lot more than that. Sure. And, and the, it actually got the name plastic surgery or the plastic part uh, comes from the Greek meaning to shape or to mold. And it uh, started out primarily after the uh, World War One, with the, you know devastating injuries then, uh, to reshape and rebuild uh, the face, and it has grown from there. And so, the people think that it's just you know a tummy tuck or things like that, when it's actually reshaping, you know, restoring function to all parts of the body. So it encompasses all the reconstructive aspects of, you know, fixing cleft lips and palates to facial injuries, to injuries to the arms and legs, uh, breast reconstruction, uh, and then also, you know, the whole cosmetic world of, uh, you know, eyelids, facelift, nose, uh, um, you, you name it. Um, tummy tucks, um, and there's a lot of similarity between the reconstructive aspect and the purely cosmetic aspect. Well, I mean, in we... a sense, either. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was. You go right ahead. So I was just going to say, in a sense, we're either way we're restoring uh, um, form and function. I was going to say, would you say that there's more of the restorative work that you do compared to the cosmetic work? How would you, like, what would you, if you had to put percentages on it, how would you lay that out? Um, right now, I'm probably uh, 70% reconstructive, 30% cosmetic. And is that... Most, most, I'm sorry. I was just going to say most practices are roughly in that percentage range. And I was going to say, has that been kind of the, the trend all along through the course of your career? Or has it been, you know, that maybe people were more into it for cosmetic reasons before and have changed? Or that more people have realized that or, or procedures have changed enough that you can do more reconstructive work than you might have been able to do in years past? Um, actually, it's pretty much been the percentage uh, throughout my career. And that the, a lot of the cosmetic has uh, increased, in, especially in terms of the facial fillers we can use and the, and the use of Botox. Um, so that continues to increase, uh, primarily because they work well and it's, you know, a simple office procedure, uh, essentially no downtime. 
And I'm assuming that there's there's a lot of consultation that goes into the decisions before the surgery even takes place. Oh, uh, yes, it does. Um, you know, a patient will call the office, uh, you know, explain what, what they want or what they need, and we get them in and try and get them in right away. And there's an initial consultation, you know, which can be over an hour. Uh, photos are taken. Um uh, you know, plan is mapped out, um, and then we usually have come back a second time uh, just to review things and make sure everything is uh, in line and everybody understands the wishes and goals. And are there, are there consultations that will happen afterwards as well? Because obviously, you know, there's there's been a major change for people that they might they might not anticipate. So I'm, I'm assuming there must be some aftercare involved as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so if they have surgery, we see them back usually at a week, a couple weeks later, and we follow along uh, for at least a full year uh, with the patient coming back to make sure uh, everything is healing property, properly um, and, you know, things we can do to make sure all the, the scars are good and become inconspicuous and things like that. And the procedures themselves, what what are those like? I mean, with the the technology that we have today, is there a lot of you know computer aided assistance in how it's done? Is it a lot of stuff that you do just through your own experience and your own uh, practice of of taking part in these? How, what what's the process like for the surgeon to go through this? Well, the the surgeries are again, you know, a lot you know skin and you know underlying tissue. Um, so people might hear about uh, you know, endoscopic or laparoscopic or robotic surgeries. Those technologies really don't lend themselves well to plastic surgery. I mean, there are some aspects that work, but for the most part, uh, we're either we're moving skin and muscle, you know, the outer tissue, or uh, removing it. Um, so. Um, we don't necessarily, you know, they might, again, hear about the robotic aspect. That really doesn't uh, apply to us. We do, uh, um, techniques are changing all the time, improving in the equipment that we do use. There are improvements which uh, um, result in less tissue injury or uh speed up the, the, the surgery, which is always beneficial for the patient. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it changes from situation to situation, but can you give us an idea of what might be, you know, one of the less time-consuming procedures versus what might take the most time? Oh, so um, a, uh, in the cosmetic world, um, breast augmentation, that's usually somewhere between an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Um, tummy tucks, generally two and a half to maybe three hours, depending on, uh, you know, the size and things like that. Um, some of the breast reconstructions can be up to three hours. Uh, we do a lot of uh, surgery for after massive weight loss, after people have had uh, gastric uh, bypass surgery and have lost all the weight, um, 
do a lot of those. And those can be, you know, four-hour-long surgeries, um, just removing all the excess tissue and, and reshaping everything. And then what about recovery time? Again, I'm sure it changes from person to person and situation to situation, but uh, have we seen in improvements in how long the recovery time takes for plastic surgery patients? Um, recovery time, in a sense, hasn't changed that much because we're still dealing with the body's normal physiology and normal healing process. But what has changed is um, the pain involved with surgery. There are uh, new medications and uh, new techniques for putting in essentially a, like uh, kind of like imagine like Novocaine, like going to the dentist and they numb up your teeth. It's a little different medication, but it also lasts a lot longer. So the patients are much more comfortable postoperatively. Now they still will need some pain medication, but uh, for many procedures in which we used to, keep the patient in the hospital at least overnight. They can now go home. Patients are always more comfortable at home. Um, and they also, if they need uh, some pain pills, they're using much fewer pain pills and only maybe for two to three days at most. So that's, that's been a, a big change in, uh, in surgery. I think a lot of people, when they think about plastic surgery, they don't realize that it's something that their their health provider can provide. They usually think of it as being like a private practice type situation. What what sets South Coast Health apart from other plastic surgery practices? Well, at South Coast, uh, there's uh, three of us, myself, uh, Dr. Caroline Plumenden and Dr. Craig Morris. Uh, we're all board certified plastic surgeons uh, with a lot of experience and we also have the great South Coast system supporting us. Our office staff is fantastic. Um, like I said, you call, we'll get you right in as soon as we can. Um, they're, they're very good. And then um, with just the ancillary services of the whole South Coast system, it helps streamline everything in, in preparing a patient for surgery, um, Again, like I, we do a lot of breast reconstruction for the cancer patients. The South Coast uh, Breast Care Center is fantastic. It couldn't be any better. And, the, you know, the women coming to there get great care. Um, and, you know, again, it's, you know, the surgeons ourselves, but our staff uh, with us is, is excellent. Well, that being said, if somebody is interested in finding out more or wants to set up a consultation, how can they do so? Sure. So uh, you can go online, uh, southcoast.org uh, slash plastic surgery, but also you can call the office. Uh, the number is 508-996. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm reading the wrong number. 508-973-1010. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Bormas, for joining us. And, uh, and I hope that some folks here will reach out that uh, have more questions about plastic surgery. Oh, great. Thank you. Be thank happy you. to hear from them. And, uh, and thank you for joining us and informing us. You have a great day. You too. Bye.
And uh, that is Dr. Gregory Bormas. And uh, thanks to him for sharing all that information with us. And, of course, Your Health Matters is something that is brought to you by South Coast Health so that we can help you learn how to better take care of yourself because, as we like to say and as they like to say, South Coast Health is more than medicine. Why don't we take a break? We'll be back in a few moments. Hey, it's Tuesday. You know what that means, right? It means that seniors get free coffee with the purchase of their breakfast at just another Phoenix restaurant in North Dartmouth. And what a great place to go to have breakfast because they have all kinds of different things that you might not have thought about. You know, I talk all the time about the daily specials that they have. Things like s'mores stuffed French toast, Boston cream stuffed French toast, Funfetti pancakes, red velvet pancakes, different omelets and sandwiches and all kinds of things. But... Just the regular menu alone is impressive. I, I mentioned the stuffed cheese rolls. You can get it stuffed with any meat. You can get it stuffed with any vegetable. You can get it stuffed with all the vegetables. You can get it stuffed with multiple meats, whatever it is that you want to do. They have all of these different ways to make those cheese rolls for you. But they also have some different things that you might want to try, like Charisse hash. If you like the taste of Charisse, if you like your hash a little bit with a little bit of a kick, why not try the Charisse hash? I love it over there. And so it's just one of the many great things you can check out at just another Phoenix restaurant. They're located on Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth. If you don't have time to sit and have breakfast, you can get the whole menu available through their drive through window. Just give them a call ahead and they'll have it ready for you when you pull up. But again, if you are a senior, today you get free coffee with your breakfast at just another Phoenix. So check them out. Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth, just another Phoenix restaurant. Actually, we're out of time for South Coast Talk on this particular program, but don't worry because Brian Thomas has you next and he will have plenty of great things to talk about with you. And you can call in and speak with him at 508-996-0500 or Snapchat messages on the WBSM app. Of course, after Brian, we'll have Bill O'Reilly, followed by Barry Richard, followed by Howie Carr, and then followed by South Coast Tonight. So lots of great talk coming your way throughout the course of the day. If you missed any part of this conversation this morning and you want to check it out, the Tim Weisberg Show podcast is available at WBSM.com on the WBSM app. And wherever you get your podcast from, we like to make it so that you can catch all of WBSM, even if you can't listen live. You know, we appreciate you listening whenever you can. So we will always try to make those podcasts available for you because without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.